Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production, where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. Hi, I'm Orlando Eastwood, director of On the Road, The Search for Bigfoot, and you're listening to Aaron's Horror Show. You are listening to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We get to read fiction on the show and talk about some movies, books, you name it. If you like what I do here, please consider supporting the show at patreon.com forward slash Aaron Frail. You'll get some books and other cool stuff for your support. Go ahead and also reach out to me at Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com, Aaron Horror Show on Twitter, or Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. We got some more Touristic U Chronicles here for you today. Just to catch you up, they found a crate full of uh, technology that was intended for Mackie Arnek, the person who slayed Cal's village. And uh, now her and her band of space pirates are going to kind of try and figure out what to do with their haul. Maker beckoned Cal to the corner of lab number two. The Citronite was equipped with three state-of-the-art labs. Lab one was a medical and biology laboratory with various equipment designed for xenobiology study. Lab two was for physics and other physical sciences like chemistry and geology. The third involved many view screens and a domed roof. It was the astrophysics lab designed for analyzing all the phenomenon of spacefaring science vessel could want. The previous owner, Dr. Fessler, didn't use lab two and three all that much, but lab one was full of the latest machines and evidence of his twisted quest for immortality. Maker spent most of his time in lab two, so it had all the hallmarks of a scatterbrained genius. The equipment was cluttered about as Maker rarely put things away. There were samples he had collected from every planet. Even the dwarf planet they raided recently had a sample resting on the table. Granork was irritated by his behavior, but Maker's passion for study never seemed to interfere with the crew, so he let him do his thing. Having a science person on board was useful whereas Cal wouldn't know what to do with the machines or even how to begin decrypting the data off the drive, there seemed to be no end to the highly technical skills he possessed. She was pretty sure he had several lifetimes to study just about everything considering his physical state of near immortality. While she didn't know Maker's true age, she was sure that the Quad Helix people lived for a very long time. They had the ability to fuse body parts of other species to themselves. 
If an organ or a body part failed, he could simply attach a new one. His current face was a human male, one with one green eye and one blue, and short brown hair. The rest of him was all body parts he received from Dr. Fesslerk. A while back, he told her that the only original part of his body was his brain. He said that Quad Helixes try to avoid changing heads as much as possible, that a brain transplant has risks and is a very painful process. When they have a new head, they have to learn all their motor coordination over again. He compared it to an adult with the motor skills of an infant. If they kept the same head, new limbs were much easier to learn than whole new bodies. Since the brain was only a part of the quad helix that could die, they were very much mortal like every other biological entity. Destroying the brain was the only way to put one down. Since their brain aged, they were subject to all sorts of madness and insanity when their minds began to break down. Because they could wear any person's body, true age was hard to ascertain, and most quad helixes didn't remember because they lived for so long. Maker told this to Cal because quad helixes rarely died of natural causes, and he didn't want to go out like most of his species on a lunatic rampage. He wanted a friend to do the job for him. Do you expect to be going crazy anytime soon? Cal had asked. Maker had laughed and replied, Oh, no, no. I don't know my true age. Dr. Fessler's experiments scrambled my memory. I don't remember much of the past, only snippets. Sometimes it comes back in dreams. So why are you so good at science? Why are you such a good shot? Maker said, which was true. In addition to taking charge, Cal had discovered a hidden talent for firearms. Her aimed topped everyone in the crew, so much that no one wanted to play video games with her as she would annihilate anyone in her path. I, I don't know. I just am, she said. I'm pretty sure I studied science. I'll read one of Dr. Fessler's textbooks about a concept completely new to me, but there will be a moment where the information flood back to me like it's been hidden there all along. If I ever put the crew at risk, you need to do it. You need to kill me. Hopefully that won't happen in my lifetime. I don't know when it will happen. Quad helixes rarely know when they start losing their mental facilities. Most of them will still believe they are rational beings, even if they are living in a completely irrational delusion. That is why most of my species are loners. Not only do we outlive our friends, but we can hurt them when it is our time to pass on to the next realm. Two or so months after the death conversation, she found herself in his lab again, although it was under very different circumstances. She was anxious to see the analysis of the Turisticu machines. He had put one of the chips in a petri dish, and a hologram of the device floated above it. The hologram spun around and around, giving a three-dimensional representation of it. Maker expanded the view until he enlarged several filaments coming from the device that looked like tiny tentacles. What you're looking at is a neural interface that connects to the subject's brain. It burrows in like a worm to connect with several key areas. The device is quite harmless and won't cause any permanent damage. However, it will imbue the wearer of the device with a symbiotic connection to a spacecraft. With the implant, he'll be able to control all of the ship's systems, access the sensor data, fire weapons, engage drive, and just do anything you need the ship to do. 
The most ingenious part is that the sensor data, weapon scopes, etc. are all connected to your eyes. That extra long filament right there snakes all the way to your eyeball and can superimpose ship systems with data in your field of view. If you want to look out the front window, there's no need to put it on screen. You could think about it and it will appear as if it were happening right in front of you. Any data will appear in your vision. Computer read readouts will display with your thought. Even the display of a person you're talking to on the comm channel will be in your head. Any visual and audio data from the chips computer system is piped directly into your brain. With the captain and senior officer implants, you'll have access to the entire ship system. There are crew implants that will only allow access to specific areas, controlled by the captain. Seems like a harsh way to promote somebody burrowing into your brain every time you get a new job, Cal remarked. That's the ingenious part about the technology, Maker said. It's completely interchangeable with nothing more than an injection. You'll place the machine in a benign solution injected into the bloodstream, and the device will install itself in a day or so. Want to promote a crew and give them a different device? Easy. Inject a new one, and we'll find the old one and destroy it. The leftovers from the old device will pass harmlessly in the person's natural waste removal system. The new one will install itself. The best part is that it's completely harmless, aside from the pinch from the shot. So, the ship is... It's supposed to control a ship, Cal said. That's the part I don't know yet, Maker said, as he pulled out the data storage unit they had retrieved from the implants. The encryption on this unit is pretty hard to beat. I don't have any realistic idea of when I'll be able to decode it. It could be days. It could be centuries. If I have to brute force my way in, all the information I have today I glean from studying the implants themselves. So we have controls to a spaceship that could be hidden away at the heart of the Touristic Empire on Earth, for all we know. Can it be used for uh, other ships? No. The technology is far too advanced. I have spent a long time just figuring out what hardware the ship needs to interface with the implants. Great, so their resale value is nothing. Oh, no, no, I think they're far too valuable to sell. So wait, what you're suggesting would do with them? Cal was afraid to ask, as she already knew the answer. I think we should install him in one of the members of the crew. No. I have good reason to believe that if we install it in one of us, we'll be able to access the ship's systems. But isn't there a range on them? Probably for some of the ship systems, but I imagine there is some part of the ships that's connected to the galactic network. Perhaps we can learn about its location if we... How do we know it won't fry our brains? It could be genetically coded to humans, we, but we, we found it on a crate destined for a Touristicu ship. I've been studying them for at least three weeks now. Trust me when I say that they are species neutral. They are designed to adapt to whoever gets the injection. I don't think I need to extol the virtues of a Touristicu prototype. You think we can steal it? We stole this one, and while I do like the science capability of this vessel, a science ship gives us a distinct disadvantage in our line of work. But we aren't just considering an upgrade. Consider the technology. These connect to an advanced military prototype. Aren't you worried that it won't have any science labs? <laughs> I can bring equipment from the ship to make up for any lack. Even if this equipment doesn't have the thought-controlled interface, I'm sure there's more cold storage for my extra limbs. It sounds like you're ready to move in. You know it's the right call, Captain. We'll put it to the crew. I would expect nothing less. Thank you for hearing me out, Captain.
She nodded and left the lab. Cal was beginning to wonder if she'd regret her democratic method of leading the ship. All right, that was a short one for you today. Uh, but there's more, so tune in uh, next week for more Touristicues. And, and uh, yeah, if you ever find, you know, advanced military technology that you need to inject into your brain, don't try that at home. <laughs> Please don't try that at home. More than likely, it's not military-grade, you know, injectable technology. Uh, just saying, it's science fiction, you know, fiction. Anyways, <laughs> have a good night. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Mm -hmm.